When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Dairy Gold Agribusiness. For quality feed, expert service, and support you can trust. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, major livestock meeting planned from a croom. Ardu to Hollow seek farmer support for the Blue Dot Catchments Area Environmental and Wildlife Project. Autumn harvest on the farm Grenna on Sunday 1st of September. But our top story, Dairy Gold Quality Milk Award Farm Walk planned for early next month. With details, Pat Flannery, Education Officer, Chagaskin McCroom. Details of the Dairy Gold Quality Milk Award Farm Walk. The Farm Walk is on the 3rd of September, so coming up soon, the 3rd of September, starting at 11 o'clock in the morning. And it is on in Edward and Breda Donovan's farm in Klein, um, Ballybernock, Klein, County Cork. And they have, they have won the Milk Quality, a remarkable achievement, a fantastic achievement to win the Milk Quality Award with Dairy Gold 2018. And I suppose as the saying goes, um, success leaves behind clues and it'll be fascinating to see what they're doing to, to help them to win this award and there's going to be refreshments on the day as well John to uh, add to the, the occasion and there's going to be trade stands and so on but it will be very interesting to see the different aspects of their milk quality award uh, winning uh, performance. They've been uh, supplying dairy gold for, for a number of years but there's a huge emphasis now on milk quality and sustainability and there's a number of very good speakers in that area who will be attending there and explaining in detail um, First of all, the performance of the, of the Dunnabans and also how they achieved it in terms of different, the exact steps and the, 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 the routine they're using in the parlour and the routine they're using with the cows and the routine they're using in, in washing and, and, and then likewise the breeding routine they're using over the years and the general farm performance steps they're taking to, to be award winners. Sustainability is, is key to uh, customers and everywhere. So um, the Dairy Gold are very conscious of this and very conscious of the message going out there of what exactly is sustainability and what are the different steps that we need to look at to um, to ensure that going forward. Thank you, Mr. Pat Flannery, Education Officer Chagask in McCroom, for details there of the Dairy Gold Quality Milk Award winner Farm Walk taking place in Cloyne on 3rd of September, 11am, to be well signposted from Cloyne. Thank you, Pat, very much indeed. 
A livestock meeting on Wednesday 28th of August 2019 at the Castle Hotel McCroom at 8.30 will discuss the outcome of the beef talks, beef price and markets, Brexit, cap reform, live exports and BEAM, the Beef Exceptional Aid Measure. Speakers will include... IFA Munster Chairman Mr John Coughlin, IFA Livestock Chairman Mr Angus Woods and IFA Director of Livestock Kevin Kinsler. With details, Mr John Coughlin, IFA Munster Chairman. Thank you very much, John. Yes, look, I think IFA are hosting a regional livestock meeting in McCroom on Wednesday night, the 28th of August at 8 top in the Kessler Hotel in McCroom. And I suppose, John, look, as you said, look, we are, it's a livestock meeting dealing with the issues in the livestock sector at the present. We all know how serious the market situation is. We all know how serious Brexit is facing us and the whole issue of cap reform coming, coming down the line. The, the big issue, obviously, is the price of beef at present, which is the biggest issue that's affecting farmers. And look, we, we want to discuss that at a regional livestock meeting in McCroom next Wednesday night. I'm chairing it as most of the regional chairman, and we will have discussions with um, Angus Woods, livestock chairman, national livestock chairman, and we'll have Kevin Kinsler, national livestock director of IFA. And we'll be putting forward some of the issues that are, that are there in the marketplace and some of the issues that have been dealt with over the last couple of weeks. Would you have more hopes that you won't get beef coming in from Brazil to the Irish and European markets? John, IFA has put serious amount of pressure on the government over the last number of months in relation to that Mercosur trade agreement. And obviously the whole destruction of the rainforests and the conditions that are attached to that Mercosur are obviously not being adhered to in South America. And we in Cork, the three Cork County chairmen and myself met with the tarnished Simon Coveney last Monday morning to discuss those issues. And we put it very clearly to him that Mercosur cannot happen. Uh, with the way uh, Brazil and South America are destructing the rainforests. And equally, we put it to him that the EU must immediately put a ban on imports from South America into the EU at present because of the conditions within South America. Thank you very much indeed, Mr John Coughlin, IFA Munster Chairman, and also chairing the IFA Regional Livestock Meeting Wednesday 28th of August, the Castle Hotel McCroom, 8.30. Thank you, John, very much indeed. On page 8 of the Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday 24th of August 2019, Miss Katrina Morrissey, News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, reviews the Backwestern beef talks, including grid review, inspect criteria, live weighing, price transparency, beef carcasses, grading, circular supports, verbal contracts, promotion of beef and insurance. With more on the outcome of the talks where progress was and wasn't made, Mr Pat O'Toole, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. Pat, welcome to the programme. Now your overview, brief overview of the outcome of the Backwestern Beef Talks where progress was and wasn't made. Um, I suppose there's two aspects to, to that issue, John. The first one is the, across the various issues that were raised, um, some were progressed, as you say, and some uh, are under review. Um, and then the second one then is the where we stand where in terms of how beef farmers view the outcome of the talks. Um, you can be objective and look at it um, from the point of view of well, what's been achieved, but none of that matters um, to, in relation to how beef farmers themselves and members of the beef plan movement who I suppose were the driving force behind recent events uh, which led to the talks um, how they feel about it and whether uh, beef plan will feel that they've got enough out of the talks or what happens next um, we know that uh, beef plan uh, they held a meeting for their five regional chairmen on Thursday night 
and on Friday evening, five regional meetings convened. We were told by a senior beef plant figure that there are no plans to go back on the gates, but we do hear of unrest at ground level that a lot of farmers who farm the pickets are very unhappy with where things are and they don't feel enough has been achieved or that anything of substance has been achieved. And I suppose the starting point on all that is price. There's been no change in uh, beef prices. They are as poor as they were three weeks ago, when it's almost four weeks ago now, when this all started. Now, in the Journal Pass, you point out that certainly one measure which we believe, we hope, will eventually impact on cattle prices would be the extension of the 12 cents a kilo quality payment to 200,000 cattle grading O minus and uh, 4 plus. So yeah. that's something which is positive. But again, you will hear a feeling, a concern. We're beef farmers, but this is going to benefit maybe dairy people more than strict uh, full-time professional beef farmers. Well, it will benefit beef farmers in that anyone who has um, fields or sheds of playing cattle um, will get them into those grades, you know, especially the O minus for dairy progeny. But it won't benefit the sucker farmer who produces uh, um, a beef breed um, quality uh, conf- quality confirmation animals. Uh, they're not in the O, o minus. Four plus to an extent, especially if uh, there are times of the year when it's hard to hold cattle, when there's that slush of grass, and, and some animals can very quickly go into four plus. So, But yeah, you're right. Um, the quality payment is currently 12 cents a kilo. Uh, 200,000 extra cattle by our estimation will access that payment because of the spreading of the bands to allow uh, both O- and 4 plus uh, in. So O- being confirmation, um, a, 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 an animal with less, uh, less defined body shape for beef production and the 4 plus being a fat score. So an animal that's gone that bit more fat. The problem within that, there's a problem with everything. Like People are now starting to wonder, will more money be put in place? Um, because if you have more animals uh, receiving 12 cents a kilo, um, that's going to cost the factories. Or will it be a budget neutral agreement whereby they will reduce the level of the quality payment? I don't want to suggest that, but people are asking that question at this stage. How is this going to play out down the line? Because the 12 cents a kilo um, uh, may be up for for debate, along with all the other issues around the QPS, if over thirty months get in, um, for uh, if if which is something that they're pushing hard on, uh, beef plan are pushing hard on, and now other farm organisations are chiming in on that, that would extend the amount of animals that would access the payments. So would it lead to a dilution of the payments? These are all valid questions. Glancing at the journal, I know you deal with this in. Um quite considerable detail, bearing in mind the kind of uncertain results from the meeting. But you would point out that agreed measures would appear to include a full review of both the price grid differential and the QPS quality payment system criteria by end of September, grading appeals, factory insurance being made optional, and the creation of a price index. So in that respect, there has been progress. And I think people who wish the farming community well, people who wish the beef people well and farming in general well, they would hope there wouldn't be a civil war within the beef plan movement where some people decided they'd break away and uh, remount pickets. It could be pointed out that the beef forum has been in existence with uh, the stakeholders representing farmers, processors and the minister chairing for years. Um, And after an initial good start, um, for, 
uh, the first B Forum meeting, um, it, it really has uh, de- delivered very little in recent years. And uh, it has to be said that there's real impetus uh, around the talks and around the issues. The fact that, as you say, a lot of them are uh, have a definite time scale, um, and we're going to hear more information around uh, the price transparency by the end of September. We're going to hear more uh, definition around whether the 30-month rule is necessary or not, um, and whether it's a market requirement or whether it's an artificial construct which forces farmers to sell cattle in a way that suits the factories. So um, all of that will be helpful. None of it's affecting the price in the short term. There are three major driving forces for current prices. Um, you have Brexit and impending Brexit and the linked issue of weak sterling. Sterling is very poor at the moment, 92, 93 pence to the euro, uh, which is way below its 10-year average, and which means that uh, we're getting less for our euro sterling from uh, British retailers. That's affecting Irish processors. They're passing back those poorer margins to the beef farmers. Uh, then you have the Mercosur deal, and which is, hasn't happened yet any more than Brexit, but is casting a shadow uh, over the entire Irish and European beef market and is handing all the advantage to the buyers. Um, and then the third one uh, is the increase in the dairy herd and the increased volume and throughput, which is uh, causing problems at times of the years the reason that 30 months has become such a significant problem for farmers and the 16 months for bull beef is because with the numbers that are out there now, the factories are finding it hard to kill all the animals in spec. And there are times of the year when farmers are uh, booking in cattle and then there there's a delay, which is one of the reasons that another issue which has been resolved that, uh, and MII have agreed to on behalf of the processors, whereby... Uh, previously verbal contracts, farmers can now get those contracts in writing. That may be just something as simple as a text where it could be so many animals on such a date to such a processor at such a price. But that would be a huge advantage to a farmer and a great relief. Um, It's normal business practice and I think it's something that farmers are entitled to. In recent years, they haven't got that. Turning briefly to the Mercosur deal to be ratified yet, but the recent uh, statement reported by Antishuk Mr. Varadkar that Ireland might now be minded to block a Mercosur deal, has that changed anything? The nightly burning of the Amazonian rainforest we see on TV, has that changed the situation regarding importation of that controversial 99,000 tonnes of Mercosur beef into the European Union? Are there other issues at play here? That's a, very hard to give a quick answer to that. I, I'll give you two answers and I'll be as brief as I can. Yes, for people who, who are opposed to the Mercosur deal, there is a, a, a collapse of relations. Um, the uh, Brazilian President Bolsonaro uh, has had a war of words with uh, French Premier Macron and uh, with Angela Merkel over, uh, he's accusing them of interfering, of colonialism. So uh, for people who hope that Mercosur can be halted, um, Leo Varadkar is not the only European leader who is questioning the sanity of it. Uh, but there are bigger questions because um, primarily the uh, Amazon fires are being cleared for crops more than cattle. And those crops are feeding Brazilian cattle. They're also feeding European and Irish cattle. And uh, uh, not just cattle, uh, but, but uh, Irish, uh, the Irish dairy sector um, uh, the Irish pig sector, the Irish poultry sector, the white meat, um, 
we're, we're very dependent on feed imports and we're going to have to confront that issue and tackle it. Um, how we do that, that's very complex. Uh, there is a huge, it seems there's a huge advantage. The harnessing of technology, including GM technology, in other parts of the world, Europe is being left behind in production of crops by those parts, or, or they're catching up, might be more to the point. And um, we're going to have to confront issues around how we grow our crops, where we buy our crops and our feed for our animals in Europe and in Ireland. Uh, we're a net exporter of meat, we're a net importer of feed, and that's problematic. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Pat O'Toole, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. Thanks, Pat, very much indeed. Thanks a million. You're very welcome as ever. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr. Mick Ford of The Farm in Grenna. Mick, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, a reminder, we might even say our annual reminder of the big event upcoming fairly soon. Thank you, John. Um, on Sunday, the 1st of September, we will have the annual harvest event which is um, a full-time uh, harvesting of grain, harvesting potatoes, harvesting silage, and using equipment and machinery uh, dating back to the early 1950s and right up to the 70s. And uh, all these machines will be demonstrated. Hopefully we get the suitable weather for it, but um, it, Last year we had uh, some bad weather, but we were still able to do a bit of the silage. But we are hoping this year that we will get the corn cut as well. Now um, we will have anything up to 10, 12 combines harvesting. These will be classic and vintage combines. Uh, we have one combine harvester, which is uh, possibly the oldest self propelled uh, combine harvester still working in the country. It was bought new in Cork in 19. 49 uh, by a farmer near Meadow and uh, we are hoping to be able to display this combine at the harvesting day. Now uh, we'll also have some other um, rare type machinery there dating back to the 1800s, uh, the like of a reaper, we'll have a screw tipping trailer and we'll have other stuff that people mightn't have seen before. Please remind us where Grenna and the farm is located. Well we're just north of Blarney um, just two miles off the main Cork to Mallow Road, halfway between Cork and Mallow. And it's signposted off the main Cork to Mallow Road. What about livestock? Can people go to the farm in Grenna and see livestock, the kind of livestock that certainly used to be on farms? So in terms of livestock, people might see, in addition to the vintage machinery and other types of uh, machines... Well, I suppose we are different to other uh, open farms in the country in the sense that we have just farm animals, but we do have a good range of farm animals, which would have been typical back again of the 1960s. We have the donkeys, we have the horses, the Clydesdale horse, and we have um, ponies, we have uh, the cows, then we have the shorthorn cows, Hereford cows and calves, sheep and lambs and goats, uh, pigs, you name it, all the traditional farm animals are there to be seen uh, around the farm in their natural environment. People who go along, will they have an opportunity for refreshments or to have a nice meal? We have the full restaurant facilities where we'll be serving Calvary lunch from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon and that proves to be very busy. It actually goes to um, give people you know, a full day out and... Uh, they, they can have their food during the day and relax and see all the action that's going on around the farm.
the farm in Grana. When did you actually open? How long have you been established? We opened the farm in August 2012, so we're, we're seven years open now. And um, we added in the village and the historical side uh, the following year. And um, that is a great interest to um, the older folk. And, um, you know, when the family comes, the, the, the grandparents are explaining to their grandchildren how it was like back in the 60s and the 70s before people had mobile phones. And, and uh, um, you know, they were going around in bicycles, I suppose, up to the, the late 60s. And um, it looks like we're going back there again. But <laughs> that's the way the wheel turns. Would the farm going to be attracting visitors from a wide catchment area, not just uh, Cork County and the immediate uh, North Cork, East Cork region? What we find during the summertime is we get a lot of people from up the country, way up Galway, Roscommon, Mayo and uh, even further north up Donegal coming down to Cork for uh, the weekend and uh, they will spend one day on the farm. So it... it adds to their weekend's entertainment and, um, you know, hopefully it's a good experience for them. Would there be opportunities for young people to perhaps uh, interact with uh, farm animals, like you have these petting corners in zoos and parks, etc.? Yeah, we're very lucky, I suppose, to have an association with um, Heart Animal Rescue and uh, we foster their puppies for, for a while and uh, so we have petting time with the puppies and um, we pet rabbits and guinea pigs and um, the children can pet them and uh, adults can pet them as well and uh, we've hand washing facilities when they're all this done before they have their food in the restaurant they can wash their hands and other than that then the animals in the out the farm are friendly and um, you just have to use a bit of common sense obviously these animals can be rubbed and and, and uh, come up you can come right up close to them as any farmer knows, like uh, there's a lot of danger in a normal farm, but when you start bringing the public in, uh, you're really opening yourself up to, to these problems. But so far, um, we've been lucky enough to, to keep this off, and we have been able to get insurance this year again. It's getting harder and harder every year, though, for businesses like ours to get insurance. What's the admission system? Is it so much per car, per family? Well, we are very conscious of this and, and the cost of a, of a family day out, and... Um, uh, this this year we're we're charging nine euros ahead this year for the but uh, uh, and there will be family rates available as well. But uh, we've had to increase our rates because of course the VAT has gone up and all this stuff as well since January. So um, it, our rates have gone up to nine euros for an individual or if there's fam there is family rates available as well. Speaking to Mr. Mick Ford of the farm in Grenna, the title of the event we've been talking about some of the main attractions and indeed where you are located. Well, it's, we call it the Autumn Harvest at the Farm Grenet, where you'll see vintage and classic combine harvesters uh, doing what they were meant to do, harvesting corn. And uh, there'll also be tractors ploughing and tilling. And uh, we'll have some silage harvesting going on in the, uh, in the old-style silage harvesting. And we will be taking the silage into the pit, so people will see it being backed up in the pit with the old buck rakes. And um, in, as, as it was done... 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. We will have Reaper and Binder working as well. Uh, we'll have two Reaper and Binders working. And it's on Sunday, the 1st of September, at the Farm Grenade, starting at 12.30. The action will start at 12.30, and from there until 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, we would hope to have it all done by then. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Mick Ford of the Farm in Grenade in Cardicorn. 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you, Mick, very much. IRD Duhallow launched the EIP agri-project Duhallow Farming for Blue Dot Catchments on Tuesday 20th of August 2019 at the James O'Keefe Memorial Institute in Newmarket. Mr Michael Doyle, Duhallow Environmental Working Group, was MC for the launch. Michael Doyle recalled the setting up of IRD Duhallow 30 years ago. Mr Michael Doyle, Duhallow Environmental Working Group. Falter, everyone is very welcome. Um, this is a very important day in the annals of IRD Duhallow. And first of all, I would like to welcome everyone here. We have a great gathering of farmers, and I think this is very, very important. Um, it is your day. Uh, basically, um, farmers, be, uh, they are the custodians of the countryside, and the sustainable development of the countryside rests with you. Uh, I would like to welcome our uh, guest speakers today. Um, we have some great expertise and uh, great knowledge here today. Uh, we have Margaret Murray and we have Dr. Maura Farrell, Maura Walsh, Dr. Darren Reedy, Michael Morrissey. Very tight and very important programme, so I won't delay you very long. I just want to comment on a few items really. Uh, I chair uh, the Environment Working Group in IRD Duhalla. Uh, this group is made up of some very uh, influential and very experienced p- 
people with an, an awful lot of expertise and they have uh, been instrumental in putting together quite a lot of projects and uh, play an important, very important role in the running of the, this organisation. Um, this uh, has resulted in, uh, in obtaining some very, very important uh, programmes. Uh, the, they have two life programmes and the um, original uh, the original objective of IRD when it was set up over 30 years ago was to develop the resources of the black water both for water quality and for uh, general use for all the resources that could be obtained from it and from then in the whole area of the environment has grown from being uh, an acorn to a mighty tree with two life projects uh, first we had the very important project in the for protecting the pearl mussel and the pearl mussel the salmon otter and kingfisher this uh, salmon uh, some okay project was brought to conclusion very successfully and after that we've had we have now the uh, raptor life project which is in full steam ahead at the moment and heading towards a very successful conclusion being the first and only rural development organization to get a life project was a, a great achievement and i think um, in in our uh, working group we have apart from the expertise we have tremendous enthusiasm and uh, we have um, programs say the hedgerow programs the bird life and there's uh, it, it's an endless an endless stream of, of activity here and the blue dot the newest one on our program now is the EPI blue, uh, blue dot program and it's um, for the for farmers on the on the catchment areas of the tributaries of the black water it would be very much farmer led and it is uh, very important that we recognize the important role that farmers play in, in, in protecting the environment and improving water quality and farmers also can play a very vital role in maintaining unique habitats and ecosystems. So basically you are central to the protection of the environment and that, therefore I think that it's very important that we work with you in order to, if you like, achieve the best possible results. Mr. Michael Doyle, Duhallow Environmental Working Group Chairman. The next speaker, Dr. Maura Farrell, National Rural Network. I think I got involved in the National Rural Network in 2016 via the University in Galway. And one of the key reasons I had gotten involved from about 2012, I'd been reading about EIP Agri. I'd been reading about this idea of European innovation partnerships in Europe. And with 
our system of community development, our system of the leader programme here in Ireland, our system of really building social capital in communities, I really felt that this was where Ireland should be. So I was absolutely delighted when the Department of Agriculture really embraced this. And my God, they did. And I know Margaret said that it is a, a little bit of a shift in thinking for the department. And it is. It really is a huge shift in thinking for the Department of Agriculture. And I suppose when you have been years in the department, I suppose, holding on tightly to things and tightly to the reins, it is difficult to allow community groups, to allow the farming community themselves to take forward such initiatives right throughout the country. So I commend them for doing that. But I have a firm belief none of these groups will let them down. Absolutely. <coughs> what we've seen so far in the last year and a half, right from when this has taken off, some of the successes already have been unbelievable. They really have. They have been untold from a scientific point of view, from a farming point of view, from an agricultural point of view, from an environmental and climate change point of view. So I think what we see is the start of something really wonderful in Ireland. And for IRD Duhalla to be right in the middle of that is really, it's a testament of what they have been and what they bring to the table today. I think um, I, I was lectured in the past by a, a gentleman, a professor in Inuit Galway called Michal Okanaja, and we often had some arguments about drivers of change. Michal always believed you can't have one driver in a community. When they leave, uh, what happens to the community? And I used to fight with them. I used to say, you need the driver to get it off the ground. You have to have the driver. In IRD Duhalla, you have so many drivers. You have drivers in Maura and in Michael and now in Darren and so many more. And I think you were really blessed to have these drivers. But Michal was right in many ways. Drivers are surrounded by people of change. So those people of change, you here today, are really what is going to make this Blue Dot catchment project really successful. And I suppose taking a broader look at what you're involved with, EIP was launched, EIP Agri was launched in Europe in 2012. At the moment, there's well over a thousand projects. I think they have 179 projects that have been completed and they've been finished. And in those projects, you have everything from agricultural production systems, you have farming practice systems, you have water management systems, a smaller percentage, so it's great to see three strong projects here in Ireland. You have animal husbandry, you have landscape management, you have a huge diversity of different projects right throughout Europe, with 179 very successfully completed at the moment. And I suppose in one way, and I'll speak a little bit about the National Rural Network in a minute, but there's a group, a European Network for Rural Development as well, or European Network, ENRD, in Europe, who also have a lot of information about a lot of these projects that can also help you in your path of running the blue catchment here, or the blue dot catchment. And I think as well... Uh, when we started out this journey, I was delighted to be asked by the Department of Agriculture, along with Margaret and all her team, to become part of the evaluation. And I think we, uh, there was something like 118 applications in the first round and 69 applications in the second round, with I think 12 going forward in the first round for a competitive process and 19 going forward in the second round for the competitive process. So 
Again, I commend the people at the, the, the top table, maybe now, and other people around them, who originally saw the vision for this, who got the application up and running, and it was very, very high standard and successful. Dr. Maura Farrell, National Rural Network. Farm Talk on C103 with John O'Connor. Dr. Darren Reedy, EIP project scientist working with IRD Dohalo to implement the Dohalo Farming for Blue Dot Catchments programme, addressed the large attendance of farmers at the launch of the Blue Dot Catchment programme. Darren Reedy invited farmers to read the Blue Dot Catchments expression of interest form, which they could sign if they wanted their farm to be part of the Blue Dot Catchment concept project. Blue Dot Catchments Expression of Interest Forms for Farmers to Consider and Possibly Sign are available from IRG to Hollow, the James O'Keefe Institute in Newmarket, and a limited number from C103 in Mallow. Darren Reedy, IRD Duhallow scientist. The project that we're launching here today is called the Duhallow Farming for Blue Dot Catchments. It's funded through the Department of Agriculture. Um, through the innovation, European Innovation Partnership um, for Agricultural and Sustainable Development. We were very successful in this application and um, thanks to the help of many people that input people, we had the contribution, like Maura said, from LAWPRO, um, the local farmers, the EPA, TAGASC um, and agricultural consultants. So it was a, a very much a and an all-round input into the application and we were very successful in securing that 1.4 million for the project. The project focuses on the rivers of the um, eastern Duhalo region that are tributaries of the Blackwater, so those would be the rivers Allo, the Dallo and the Onanar. Um, and those of you that are farming in those catchments are very welcome here today because you, you people are um, essential to the success of the project and this project is orientated towards your success. It'll run over five years and it'll be entirely farmer focused and we won't be able to complete the project without the contribution of the farmers. So your being here today is extremely important. And it's um, geared at enhancing the freshwater environment and all of the ecosystem services that come with freshwater environments. So in the Duhalo region in particular, the Allo and Dallo catchments are sources of drinking water for all of our towns and villages and a large source of recreational opportunity and uh, very important in terms of angling and that sort of thing as well. Never mind all of the ecological importance that they have as well in terms of wildlife, biodiversity, climate change, nutrient management and that sort of thing. So I just wanted to introduce you to the catchment. <laughs> you know the catchment yourselves because you're living and working in it on a daily basis. But the catchment is a very diverse catchment um, and it's filled with an agricultural system. Um, in fact, almost all of the catchment is dominated by agriculture of some sort, but it's a very diverse agricultural catchment. Um, we range from very uh, highly productive floodplains, like that picture in the middle, um, where we have dairy farming, and some of which is um, even derogation farming, so it can be quite intensive at times. And it ranges from that intense dairy farming to some, maybe some extensive beef farming in the western regions where the land becomes a bit more marginal. There are even some forestry, um, uh, there is even forestry in the northern reaches of the catchment um, where the land is quite poor and um, we even have sheep and horse farming in the catchment as well. So it's a diverse catchment in terms of productivity and um, uh, farming systems that are used. 
Um, we've been uh, working closely with the farmers in Duhallow over the past couple of years through the various life projects and now that Michael has come on board as well he's been meeting with as many farmers as possible on their farms and we've been trying to get an idea of what are the concerns of local farmers, what are their needs and um, where would they like to see this project going. And some of the things that have come out of um, meeting with farmers on the ground is that there is a concern for the future of farming in Ireland and that's something that we need to address. There is a concern throughout the Duhallow region for the encroachment of forestry on our living landscapes and how forestry can affect um, the viability of our communities in the future. Um, there are challenges associated with maintaining livelihoods from farms because sometimes uh, those challenges in terms of the um, obligations of farmers, the, um, the difficulties to make profit margins, that sort of thing. So those challenges all exist. And so we were hoping that, or we want and we will with this project, address those issues in some way. And really we want the project to acknowledge the role that the environment plays in farming, but also the, f the role farming plays in the environment. Because we have to, like Maura said earlier, we have to start acknowledging that ecosystem services, the hedgerows, the streams, the woodlands, the wet grasslands, all of those habitats on farmland are as much a part of farm infrastructure as, let's say, the electric fence or the slatted unit or the slurry spreader. All of those biodiversity and habitat elements need to be acknowledged as part of farm infrastructure and be rewarded and paid for because farmers are producing those ecosystem services for the rest of the nation. The project is called Duhallow Farming for Blue Dot Catchments, but we're often asked what is a blue dot catchment? And a blue dot catchment is somewhat similar to a blue flag beach where the, the status of the catchment is recognised. On a blue flag, flag beach, we trust that beach. <laughs> we can go there, we know it's clean, we know it's safe, we know that the water is healthy, we know that the sand is clean, and we know that it has the services that you need to have a nice day. With a blue dot catchment, we would expect those same things. We want to recognise the status of the river catchment. We want to recognise how healthy the ecosystem is, how involved the community is in that catchment, and how, um, how uh, healthy the uh, wildlife and biodiversity in the catchment are as well. So um, we, can, we can grade river catchments by the, the health of their um, ecology. And usually we grade them as high, good, moderate, or poor. And when we map high-status catchments on a map of Ireland, we normally give that a blue dot. So that's where the name blue dot comes from, because a high-status catchment is given a blue dot. Blue represents the highest quality of environmental parameters that you can have in the river. And then as you go down to good, it turns to green. If you go to um, moderate, it's yellow. And if you go to poor, it's orange. Um, those, that status that we assign the catchment is based on a lot of variables that are collected by um, the Environmental Protection Agency when they go out and monitor the rivers. So they're collecting data on the water chemistry and how much pollution is the water, and they're particularly looking at things like nitrogen and phosphorus. And that was part of an address by EIP project scientist Dr Darren Reedy working with IRD Duhallow to implement the Duhallow farming for blue dot catchment EIP areas. Further information from IRD Duhallow at 029 
And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls and to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Thanks for listening. Next Agri-Update on this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11. Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.